Warning, Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. <laughs> Alright, no, 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 stop, stop, goddammit, stop, no! No intro to the show this week, I am fucking pissed off! Gen Z... While I appreciate everything that you guys are doing for racial insensitivity when it comes to the Black Lives Matter and the insensitivity of the uh, American justice system and even the Me Too movement and some of what is trying to be accomplished with cancel culture, you guys seriously need to start putting your fucking heads back on straight and whether that means you guys have to go back into actual classrooms and start doing some goddamn research for projects the way that you guys used to or i don't know what but i think you guys all have your fucking heads on backwards and it needs to stop and it needs to stop now where where in anybody's freaking rationality does a goddamn plastic potato that is a children's toy offend somebody to the point that it can't be called Mr. or Mrs.? And, okay, congratulations. You guys got a bunch of books canceled that haven't been bought in fucking decades. And you know who even came out and gave that statistic? The fucking Seuss Enterprise. The people that keep his estate. The Seuss estate said that these books that have all these racially insensitive phrases and parts in it don't even sell. They're not the books that even people are buying. So congratulations. All you guys did was get a bunch of book sales up for books that nobody gives a fuck about. So congratulations, what the fuck did you accomplish by doing that? But here's where you guys have got me so flabbergasted that I just don't, I don't understand what you people are even trying to do anymore. Okay, great, continue to allow celebrities to feel that they, they, like they can come out and sit there and say that people like Joss Whedon are just fucking scumbags. Keep exposing scumbags. But the one that just blows me away beyond any comprehension and i wasn't even gonna say anything about this but with all this other shit that has come out within the last two or three days i'm so fucking enraged that this is the one thing that just has me just steaming like it is so cold in ohio right well it's not that cold but it's cold enough in ohio right now where you can see your breath and i'm just so angry that the steam and the water vapor is just coming off my head because of this whole thing where where in god's green earth does people think it is okay to have a gender neutral bathroom Okay, a gender-neutral plastic potato? Great, congratulations. You accomplished a gender-neutral plastic potato for a child to play with. And while we still have Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, now there's Potato Head. So it can be whatever the fuck somebody wants it to be. Great. You got six books canceled that that nobody reads. But a gender-neutral bathroom? where an adult can walk into the same bathroom as a child at the same time 
And I'm going to try to not say boy, girl, man, woman, because I know that that's just going to piss you little bastards off and, 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 and let them do whatever the fuck they want to do. You know, everybody was all, save our children, save our children, when the whole Wayfair thing was happening. But then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, let's make it so that anybody can walk into any bathroom at any time. No crime is going to happen there. There's a whole television show that was invented because of this exact same topic. There's plenty of television shows out there that talk about it. Most of it is true crime. Do we all forget about the fucking pedophiles? Do we all forget about fucking rapists? You know, Netflix just did a documentary on the Night Stalker who raped and murdered people. And now you want to put somebody like the goddamn Night Stalker in a bathroom with a child? Wake the fuck up! And it's not just the children that we have to worry about. It's the adults, too. You know... Yes, these crimes happen against children, but they happen against adults as well. Human trafficking is a huge fucking problem in the world right now. You you want to talk about the coronavirus pandemic? Let's talk about the human trafficking pandemic. The pandemic that everybody seems to have forgotten about. These are the kind of issues that I think about. These are the kind of issues that my generation is still thinking about. Well, hang on a second here. We have children. We have children that are the ages that these predators are looking for. The Insane Clown Posse has stopped making music and started thinking about just this. They want us to help put pedophiles behind bars, where, quite frankly, these sick motherfuckers belong. And there are, there's a group of people out there, mainly, mostly from Gen Z, that want to put these fucking animals in a fucking bathroom with the very people that they prey upon. And I'm sorry if I just don't see the accomplishment with this. All right, great. You know, there's an all-inclusive bathroom. But, I mean, what are we going to do? Put a camera in that bathroom to make sure that nobody gets molested or raped? That's against the law, too. I'm trying to understand here, guys. I really am. You know, I work with a bunch of people that are around this age. I try to understand a lot of things about you guys. I really do. But with with this this stuff, I just I don't get it. I don't. If I'm missing a point here, guys, like like tell me. Honestly, please. I want to understand it. I do. You know, in, in, on top of potatoes and books and, and bathrooms, you know, that say predators welcome on them. You know, now you guys are trying to do the one thing that my generation, movie creators, television show creators, and musicians alike, tried fighting very, 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 very hard for in the late 80s and early 90s. You know, and I know a bunch of you guys were in the same movie theater I was when Straight Outta Compton came out. And you guys saw some of the struggles that the NWA went through. And now you want to sit there and say that a movie from the 70s that takes place in the 50s is, you know, rapey. Well, uh, sadly, yes. 
And unfortunately, that's kind of what a sign of the times that that movie took place in. You know, and instead of just sitting here saying that, you know, the movie should be banned and shouldn't be shown anymore, shouldn't be bought anymore. I mean, maybe just do like what Disney Plus is doing. You know, put a little warning before it that says, hey, guess what? I'm sorry. This movie was made during a time of, of racial, cultural, and other insensitive topics. You know, discretion is advised. And, you know, if you don't want your kids watching it, then don't let them watch it. You know, I mean, I don't know what else we can do. You know, those little parental advisory stickers that are on the fronts of every of all the CDs and stuff today. Those didn't exist until the 90s. And it was, you know, Tipper Gore and Dick Cheney's wife and a bunch of other people that sat there and were basically having some of the same arguments that people are having today that say, you know, hey, there's lyrics and topics and things of that nature that's on this album that we don't think a younger audience is ready to hear. So we need to make it so that it's harder for these kids to be able to purchase, you know, music that may not be appropriate. And a lot of artists and record labels and even the Recording Industry Association of America came out and said, you know what, you're now censoring art. You're censoring someone's expression. You're censoring someone's speech. Things that are guaranteed and protected by the Constitution of the United States, the document that you, as government officials, swore to uphold. And these are also the same government officials that are saying that it's okay for gender-neutral bathrooms. But I'm just saying. And I don't want to get into politics on this show. That was one of my big standing points on my very first episode. Politics? No. I don't want to do it. This episode enough is going to open a bigger can of worms than I ever really anticipated opening. But God damn it, I gotta get this shit off my chest. I, I'm sorry, but I do. It, it, it's driving me absolutely fucking bonkers. Just knowing that this kind of shit is going on. So everything that we fought for... All these constitutional rights that my generation fought for and will continue to fight for, including freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of these things that we were guaranteed when this country was founded. And again, pick up a goddamn book, or better yet, you all got your fucking Google machines out, fucking Google this shit. Why did America even get founded? Oh, that's right, religious persecution from the British. That's why this country was founded. Because a bunch of people were persecuted against, and they came here to be able to freely practice the things that they wanted to practice. Has this country's history been perfect? No. We went to war against each other over basic human rights. But look at what side won out in the end. The side that said that every human being on this planet, every man, woman, and child had the right to live free.
which is what this country was built on. Again, nothing's been perfect. There's always been bigots. There's always been racist. There's always been all these things. The biggest difference between then and now, and I'm just talking the 90s and now, is that the people in the 90s basically said these people are morons and don't they may not know what they're talking about in their mind they think they're right but as long as they are not in my personal bubble or in my family's personal bubble let them spew their bullshit and do it to just the people that want to listen to them when it became a problem is when it became a problem for everyone which means they did something stupid like drag a motherfucker behind the back end of a car. Then we sat out and said, Hey, idiots, stop. And guess what? They did. But to have a, a, a group of people with such a public platform sit there and say, a lyric from a song that somebody wrote 10 years ago is offending, quite frankly, a very small margin of people that everybody else that could give a flying fuck less has to sit there and no longer enjoy music from an artist who has been around longer than most of the people that are bitching about it have even existed on the planet just boggles my mind almost to the point of the fucking bathroom issue I don't understand why all of the sudden a bunch of people who weren't here when the rest of the world was introduced to Eminem seemed to automatically just now have a problem with him. Eminem has been one of the most outspoken and controversial artists of most of my life. His first album came out in 1999. I'm going to age myself pretty badly right now. I was 15 years old when Eminem's first major release, the Slim Shady LP, came out in February. Well, actually, I was only 14 uh, in February of 1999. There was this little show on MTV back then called TRL, Total Request Live, hosted by now late-night talk host Carson Daly. This was a countdown video show where the top nine videos of the day would be counted down from nine to one, one being the most requested video of the day. It was a huge deal for people in my age range back then. And I remember on one particular day, this world premiere video, debut video by a new artist was being debuted on TRL, which is where a lot of the videos wanted to debut because of the popularity of the show. The name of the video was My Name Is. The artist 
was M and M, which we found out were his initials, M and M, for Marshall Mathers. So the song starts out, hi, my name is, my name is, my name is Slim Shady. But then the very first line that wasn't part of the chorus, which is what that was, and the very first thing that we were introduced to by Mr. Mathers was, hi kids, do you like violence? You want to see me stick nine inch nails to reach one of my eyelids? You want to copy me and do exactly like I did? Try sitting and get your mind fucked up like mine is? And everybody pretty much just went, I'm sorry, can you repeat what you just said? And so because of that, the video became highly requested. It was the number one song on TRL for a while. <clears throat> and then when the album finally did come out, obviously it had that little sticker on the front of it that says Parental Advisory, Explicit Lyrics. Explicit doesn't begin to cover some of the things that were on the Slim Shady LP. And then he followed the Slim Shady LP up with the Marshall Mathers LP. Here's one of the songs that were on the Marshall Mathers LP. It's called Kim. And in the song, he murders his real-life wife. Or maybe ex-wife by this point. But, but yes, on this album, there is a song called Kim, which was his wife's real name, in which he murders not only her, but her new husband and their son. And then if you go back to the Slim Shady LP, there's a song on the Slim Shady LP called 97 Bonnie and Clyde, which basically talks about him and his daughter uh, throwing his ex-wife, her new husband, and their son's bodies off a cliff. And you guys are worried about a line from the song, Love the Way You Lie? This was the beginning of the man's professional career. Now, do I agree with the song Kim? No. Do I agree with the song 97 Bonnie and Clyde? No. I actually like the the Marshall Mathers, you know, comedic side. Some of his angry stuff I don't agree with. But some of his funnier stuff, like the Slim Shady stuff, which is the persona that he uses when he does his more comical songs, you know, like My Name Is, um, The Real Slim Shady, Without Me, Business Even, you know, some of those more comical songs, not necessarily the, um, you know, the more angry songs, like White America, or The Way I Am, or um, even Marshall Mathers, or you know, and I, I know I'm talking a lot about of his of his early career, but I mean Eminem got a little stale for me after a little bit. But I mean the man has survived a very very long time. Twenty two years. 22 years has been his official career since the time his first major album dropped, the Slim Shady LP. He released Infinite and the Slim Shady EP prior to this. But he has survived controversies. He has survived media backlash. He has survived fan backlash. He has survived every attack that he has ever been through in his career. 
this little TikTok revenge hashtag cancel Eminem is not going to affect Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers, the rap god at all. And I do not defend every single one of Marshall Mathers' decisions. I don't. I think writing a song where you murder your wife is condemnable. I really, really do. But he is highly popular. And he has such a following that a lot of millennials have started to attack Gen Z back, saying a lot of the things that I'm telling you right now. The man has murdered his wife. His mother has said some very disparaging things about his father on every single album he releases. He's attacked big-name celebrities. And he's still here. And he's still highly popular and highly grossing and record-breaking even still. 22 years later. Beverage break here, ladies and gents. Beverage of the night is apple juice. And it is super sweet. Wow. Okay. That's some damn good juice, but it's sweet. I'm not going to name the company because they ain't paying me for an endorsement. If uh, a certain certain juice company wants to endorse my show, which I doubt they will, I will tell the world how highly delicious their apple juice is if they decide to contact me. Juice companies... Email the show, and I'll let I'll respond to the one that it is. You know, you pay me to endorse your juice. I'll drink a lot of it because the shit's good. <clears throat> Back to Eminem. So let's talk about a lot of these controversies that Eminem has survived over his 22-year career. So I mean, the man has started his own record company. He's been an actor. He's written books. He does advertising. He even does charity work. During the COVID-19 pandemic, he donated Mom Spaghetti, which is a reference from his song Lose Yourself, to healthcare workers at Henry Ford Health Systems in Detroit. He also dis- uh, donated a pair of Jordan 4 retro M&M Carhartt shoes which are very rare, to be raffle off with the proceeds going to COVID relief. But let's talk about some of his controversies. So there's been allegations that he's homophobic. Well, I mean, there is actually a, you know, a pretty big line uh, in his song uh, Criminal. Where he goes, my words are like a dagger with a jagged edge that'll stab you in the head, whether you're a fag or les, or the homosex, hermaph, or trans a vest, the pants or dress, hate fags, the answer's yes. Homophobic? No, you're just heterophobic. Staring at my jeans, watching my genitals bulging. Those are my motherfucking balls, you better let go of them. They belong in my scrotum, you'll never get hold of them. So, I mean, it's clearly there. So, he denies 
a lot of it saying that when he was growing up, words like faggot and queer were generally used in a derogatory manner and not specifically towards homosexuals. Um, well, I mean, you know, that, that line from Criminal kind of says a little bit otherwise. So, during an uh, interview for 60 Minutes from 2010, Anderson Cooper, who is homosexual, you know, calls him out on that. Some of the lyrics, like in the song Criminal, you know, they can be taken, you know, a specific way. And Eminem replies with, yeah, the scene, uh, this scene I came up in, the words were thrown around so much, you know, faggot was thrown around constantly to each other, like in battling. So Cooper replies back to that, you know, do you not like gay people? And uh, Marshall replies, no, I don't have a problem with nobody. You know what I mean? I'm just like, whatever. Uh, New York Times interviewed him about the legalization of same-sex marriage in the state of Michigan in 2010, which is where he is from. And he says, I think if two people love each other, then what the hell? I think everyone should have the chance to be equally miserable if they want. You know, and... That last line, you know, everybody has a chance to be equally miserable. You know, talk to a couple married people. You know, I'm sure some of them will probably sit there and say they can be pretty miserable in marriage sometimes. You know, and that's not to say that there aren't happy marriages. Of course there are. But obviously his ended badly, not once, but twice. Um, You know, he was accused of being homophobic again in 2013 for the song uh, Rap God. And again, he explained it. I don't know how to say this without saying it, how I've said it a million times, but that word, those kinds of words, when I came up battle rapping or whatever, I never really equated those words to actually mean homosexual. Uh, In 2018, uh, a lot of musicians criticized him for using the slur faggot to describe rapper uh, Tyler, the creator on the song Fail. Some of those artists include Dan Reynolds of Imagine Dragons, calling the rapper's language hateful, and Troy Sivan. Additionally, guest vocalist uh, Justin Verner, Vernon distanced themselves from the collaboration due to those messages. Um, so here's some of the legal issues that he's gone through over the years. And these are just some of the examples. There's a lot more out there. <clears throat> In 1999, Eminem's own mother sued him for $10 million, claiming he was slandering her on the Slim Shady LP. Uh, The litigation in that concluded in 2001, resulting in a measly reward of $1,600 for her damages. So, I mean, what good was caused by doing that? You got $1,000 out of it. Uh, On June 3rd, 2000, Eminem was arrested during an altercation with Douglas Dial at a car audio store in Royal Oak, Michigan, in which he pulled out an unloaded gun and pointed it at the ground. The next day in Warren, Michigan, he was arrested again for assaulting John Guerrera in a parking lot of the Hard Rock Cafe when he saw him kissing his wife. 
Eminem recreated the Guerrera Assault in The Kiss, which is a skit on the Eminem show. And then he mentions this again in the song Sing for the Moment, where the line is, you're full of shit too, Guerrera, that was a fist that hit you. Uh, he didn't end up pleading guilty to possession of a concealed weapon and assault, receiving two years probation. However, Guerrera's assault charge was dropped as part of the plea agreement. Uh, on July 7th of 2000, uh, Eminem's ex-wife Kim attempted suicide by slashing her wrists. She also later sued him for defamation after describing her violent death in the song Kim. A little follow-up to this uh, with his ex-wife attempting um, suicide. In a 2020 interview, Kim was interviewed and she was asked about Kim, the song. And she had stated that while, you know, her and Marshall were attempting their second go-around, he had invited her to come to one of her his shows. She asked that he not play Kim during the show, A, because she was there, B, because it was very hurtful towards her, obviously, and, you know, C, you know, the girls were getting old enough at this point to where they could kind of understand what, you know, daddy was talking about in music. Um, so the show's going on, halfway through the show, he starts playing Kim. Uh, she had stated that she was very upset with the reaction of the crowd, how they were cheering, singing along, um, and Marshall had pulled out a blow-up doll and used it to recreate certain moments of the songs and did all a lot of other degrading things to it as well. As a result of the not just the fans' reaction, but obviously Marshall's performance on stage, she ended up leaving the show and then going home and doing this attempt. Uh, these are kind of a little out of order here, but that's the way that they're listed on this uh, document that I'm looking at. Uh, D'Angelo Bailey was actually a bully that Eminem had mentioned on the song Brain Damage on the Slim Shady LP, um, and described a very violent assault by him. Um, he sued Eminem for $1 million in 2001, accusing him of invading his privacy by publicizing information placing him in a false light in the song. Uh, although Bailey admitted to picking on him in school, he stated that it was merely being bumped into and a little shove. The lawsuit was dismissed in 2003. Uh, the judge, who I won't name here, uh, wrote a portion of her opinion in a rap-like rhyming verse, but then ruled that it was clear to the public that the lyrics in the song were exaggerated, which was uh, Marshall's representation's counter to um, the uh, invading privacy and... Um, publicizing information, placing him in a false light. <clears throat> and this is something that we're going to get into a little bit deeper when we talk about some of the uh, 
confrontations he's had with other artists over the years. Um, in On June 28, 2001, Eminem was sentenced to one-year probation and community service and was fined $2,000 on a weapons charge stemming from an argument with an employee of Psychopathic Records. So, um, you know, there was a highly, highly, highly publicized feud um, uh, between Eminem and the Insane Clown Posse and some of the other artists on Psychopathic Records. <clears throat> uh, he was sued by uh, French jazz pianist Jacques Lesseur, uh for $10 million. Uh, and this was against not just Eminem, but also Dr. Dre, claiming that the beat for Kill You was taken from his instrumental Pulsion. Uh, Lucere demanded that the sales from the Marshall Mathers LP be halted and any remaining copies destroyed. That case ended up being settled out of court. Uh, in 2006, he was accused of assaulting Miad Jarbu, a resident of uh, Royal Oak, Michigan, in a bathroom of a Detroit strip club. No charges were ever brought against that. Two years later, Jarbu sealed sued Marshall Mathers for more than $25,000 in damages. Uh, Eminem's music publishing company, 8 Mile Style and Martin Affiliated, sued Apple and Aftermath Entertainment, claiming that Aftermath was not authorized to negotiate in a deal for Apple to for digital downloads of 93 of uh, Eminem's songs on iTunes. The case against Apple was settled shortly after the trial began in September of 2009. Uh, in 2010, the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit ruled that FBT Productions versus Aftermath Records that FBT Productions and Eminem were owed a royalty of 50% of Aftermath's net revenue uh, from licensing his recordings to companies such as Apple, Sprint, Nextel, Singular, and T-Mobile. Singular is now AT&T for the youngins in 2011. However, the Supreme Court declined to hear the case afterwards. So nothing really ever came from that. Uh, so there's a couple more things about uh, him stealing music uh, for beats and stuff like that. In 2003, the Secret Service reported that it was looking into allegations that Eminem threatened U.S. President George W. Bush in We As Americans, which at the time was unreleased. Uh, with the lyrics, Fuck money, I don't rap for dead presidents. I'd rather see the president dead. It's never been said, but I set precedents. Uh, the incident was included in the video for Mosh, as a newspaper clipping on the wall with articles about unfortunate innocent, uh, incidents during Bush's presidency. Uh, we as Americans eventually appeared on the Encore's deluxe edition bonus disc with altered lyrics. In 2018 and 19, the Secret Service interviewed Eminem again regarding threatening, threatening lyrics towards then-sitting President Donald Trump and his daughter Ivanka. <clears throat> so those are a lot of the controversies that he's been involved with since his career began and none of those things have ever stopped him stopped him and as you heard in a lot of these cases 
he's taken these allegations and he's taken these controversies and flipped them and included them in his songs. I mean, he mentions, you know, uh, Tipper Gore and uh, Miss Cheney, um, who were just trying to get his music banned in the song White America. And, you know, uh, this democracy is a hypocrisy that the United States government won't allow me to have. Fuck you, Miss Cheney. Fuck you, Tipper Gore. Fuck you for the dividance uh, of speech, you know, uh, and goes on and so forth after that. Um, you know, uh, with the Guerrera, you know, he mentioned that twice on the Eminem show. Um, you know, he talks about his wife and he talks about settling all of his lawsuits and everything, um, on the Eminem show as well. And the song cleaning out my closet, um, you know, mainly the one against his mother, um, you know, but he just said, I just settled all my own, uh, all my lawsuits and, you know, I'm sorry, mama. I never meant to hurt you. I never meant to make you cry, but tonight I'm cleaning out my closet. So, I mean, there's you know, all these times that he has taken everything and flipped it and turned it into content for his songs. So we talked about an incident where there was a feud between Marshall Mathers and an inc- uh, a, mem- a person working for Psychopathic Records. Um, so the incident that brought charges up against him, and this is coming from MTV News, um, I'm just going to read some of the article here. Uh, just one day after being arraigned on assault with and weapons charges, Eminem has been hit with more weapons charges stemming from an uh, alleged altercation with a member of the Insane Clown Posse's entourage. Uh, Marshall Mathers was interviewed, booked, and arraigned in Royal Oaks, Michigan's 44th District Court on Thursday and is now facing one felony charge of carrying a concealed weapon and misdemeanor charge of brandishing a firearm in public. The misdemeanor charge carries a maximum sentence of 90 days, while the felony charge carries a maximum sentence of five years. Oakland County Chief... I was trying to see if I can skip ahead here, but it doesn't look like I can. Uh, Oakland County Chief... Deputy Prosecutor John O'Brien told MTV News that the charge stemmed from an incident that is alleged to have occurred at a car audio store in Royal Oak, Michigan on Saturday afternoon. Prosecutors claim that M became involved in an argument with Douglas Dial, who works within the Insane Clown Posse's camp. Prosecutors charged that Eminem dropped his handgun during the heated exchange, picked up the gun, and continued to brandish it while arguing with Dial. O'Brien also said that prosecutors consider M to have been the initial aggressor in the altercation. Spokesperson for the Insane Clown Posse's management would not comment on the manner except to confirm that Dial is an employee of Psychopathic Records, the label that ICP started in 1991 with manager Alex Abbas. Prior to this alleged event, M and ICP, both products of Detroit, had resulted reserved their attacks for their albums. ICP has referred to M as Slim Anus on a track while Eminem staged an extended oral sex skit involving Eminem or involving ICP on his new album, The Marshall Mathers LP. So let's talk about the incident that started between uh, the, the Insane Clown Posse and Eminem. So this goes all the way back to 1997. Uh, Mathers was throwing a party to promote his debut EP, the Slim Shady LP. 
Um, Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope, real names because they come up in this. Uh, Joe Bruce and Joey Ulster, Bruce being Violent J, Ulster being uh, Shaggy Two Dope, um, were at the event and he gave a flyer to Violent J which stated featuring appearances by Esham, a friend of ICP's at the time, Kid Rock, Again, very famous from Detroit, but also was pretty close with ICP still at this point. And ICP, and then in parentheses under ICP, it said, maybe. So Joe Bruce, Final J, asked Mart Mathers uh, why Mathers was promoting a possible Insane Clown Posse appearance without first contacting the group. Mathers explained, I, it says, maybe. Maybe you will be there. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you right now. Are you guys coming to my release party or what? Bruce, upset over not being consulted previous to this, responded, Fuck no, I ain't coming to your party. We might have, if you had asked us first, before putting us on the fucking flyer like this. Mathers took Bruce's response personal, subsequently attacking the group in radio interviews and the skit which was referred to. Bruce and Ulster respond, responded with a parody of Eminem's My Name Is entitled Slim Anus and other tracks include Nothing But A Bitch Thing and Please Don't Hate Me. Nothing But A Bitch Thing appears on the Psychopathic uh, Rida's um, album and it also appears on Forgotten Freshness Volume 3. This was technically um a psychopathic writer song. So what that means is it was more than just the insane clown posse. Uh, Please don't hate me appears on ICP's album Bizarre, and basically talks about him fucking Eminem's mother. Uh, he, the insults continued. Uh, Mathers insulted insane clown posse on various tracks from his album The Marshall Mathers LP. Uh, and uh, Eminem briefly dissed them on his single Business from the Eminem show. ICP talked about the feud being squashed in an interview with MTV, saying that Proof squashed the conflict in 2005, which was followed by a bowling game between members of D12 and the Psychopathic Records. Violent J stated that he contacted us and we had a bowling game. It was really cool. We're something different. They could have skipped over us and said, forget them. But they included us and said, let's squash it. And most of this stems from proof, like it said there, of D12 and Twisted. Uh, proof and Twisted were really good friends, you know, being that everybody's from Detroit. And, you know, Proof's just like, I don't even understand why he's still mad. This was from so long ago. You know, you guys ain't said nothing in a long time. He ain't said nothing in a long time. You know, so they were able to squash it. And that's really cool, man. Um, this whole beef between ICP and Eminem actually got me to stop listening to Eminem for a while. Um, I was a really big fan of ICP back in this time and somewhat of an Eminem fan. Uh, nowadays, I'm not so much a fan of ICP, and I'm not really a fan of Eminem anymore, but, um, you know, I, I enjoyed both at the time, and I'm really glad that they were able to squash this. 
So that's like one of the original feuds, and that was even before he was famous. Uh, there's another one here which kind of involves Everlast and um, Limp Biscuit. Um, Everlast had mocked Eminem on a song uh, due to an altercation where they passed in a hotel lobby and Mathers kind of gave him a, a weird look. Uh, there was a kindly, uh, thinly veiled reference to Eminem in uh, his song Eardrums Drop on the Dilated uh, People's album. Uh, it says, Cock my hammer, spit a comment like Haley, buck a th 380 on ones that act shady. Uh, went on to warn, you may might catch a beatdown where I come from in recounting of the incident. Taking an offense to this, Mathers and D12 began work on a retaliatory song, I Remember. Uh, they also responded with the song Quitter, the second half of which is a take on Tupac's Hit Em Up, a diss song aimed from at the notorious B.I.G., the track ends with the spoken words, fuck him, that's it, I'm done, I promise I'm done, that's it. Um, Limp Biscuit was originally supposed to appear on the song. Fred Durst canceled at the last minute. Rem the record was released even without Biscuit. Um, in a TRL interview, uh, Limp Biscuit member DJ Lethal made a statement that if Mathers and Everlast were to ever fight in real life, Everlast would win. This angered Eminem to the point of rage, and an insulting track aimed at both Everlast and Limp Bizkit, namely Durst and Lethal, appeared on D12's mainstream debut, Devil's Night, as the track Girls. Uh, nothing has come up with this recently. There hasn't been any new disses from either camps. Um, uh, you know, so it looks like this one might be squashed <clears throat> but I mean, you know, I mean, Fred Durst's name has come up a few times in Eminem's music, and I mean, in the early 2000s, so this could be even before the Marshall Mathers LP, um, but, you know, the, on the Marshall Mathers LP, there's the song The Real Slim Shady, and there's a line in there that says, um, you know, they can sit me next to Britney Spears, bullshit, Christina Aguilera better switch me chairs so I can sit next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst and hear him argue over who she gave head to first. Um, so, I mean, that's not really that insulting, but it can be a little bit insulting towards Fred Durst. Um, never really heard D12's album Devil's Night and the track Girl, so I might have to go back and check that out and listen to it just to kind of see what's on there. Um, I mean, there was a feud against Cannabis, if you guys want to look into that. Um, there was a feud with Michael Jackson, where in the video for Just Lose It, um, uh, Eminem is parodying Michael Jackson with his child molester trial. Um, the plastic surgery that he's had, and there was even a moment where Michael Jackson's hair caught fire while he was filming a Pepsi commercial in 1984. So that's the year I was born. The video was banned on BET after complaints from Benzino and others, um, you know, were saying, like, this shouldn't be, you know, allowed, blah, blah, blah. It was later reinstated with when a lot of critics, uh, argued the ban stating that a video by Nelly called Tip Drill was still allowed to be seen. So they put both the Tip Drill video and uh, Eminem's song Just Lose It on their show BET Uncut. 
uh, it was still on constant rotation on MTV and it became one of the most requested songs on the channel um, a week after the release of Just Lose It, Jackson called into Steve Harvey's radio show to report that he was not happy. Um, so a statement from uh, Michael Jackson at the time says, quote, I am very angry at Eminem's depiction of me in the video. I feel that it is outrageous and disrespectful. It's one thing to spoof, but it's another thing to be demeaning and insensitive. I've admired Eminem as an artist and was shocked by this. The video was inappropriate and disrespectful to me, my children, my family, and the community at large. Um, many of Jackson's supporters and friends spoke out about the video, including Stevie Wonder, who called the video kicking a man while he's down and bullshit. Uh, and Steve Harvey also declared Eminem has lost his ghetto pass. We want the pass back. Um, Stevie Wonder, I don't see how he could have seen the video seeing as how he's blind, but I'm, you know, somebody probably described it to him and I'm sure Michael Jackson, uh, you know, filled him in on some of the content of the video. He was also, uh, in a pretty big, uh, argument with Ja Rule. Uh, Eminem's conflict with Ja Rule started after 50 Cent signed to Shady Records in Aftermath. Ja Rule stated that he had a problem with Eminem and Dre of signing someone he had conflict with. Uh, ja Rule and Irv Gotti were special guests on Star and Buck Wild's morning show on Hot 97 in NYC, which is a huge rap station. Uh, Gotti had some legal documents stating the order of protection uh, 50 has on him. Ja Rule threatened that if 50 Cent released any diss track, he would take action toward his two producers. However, Dre was the one who produced 50 Cent's vicious track Back Down in 2003 from the album Get Rich or Die Tryin', which not only called out Murder, Inc., but 50 Cent was extremely disrespectful toward Ja Rule's mother. Uh, wife and kids in the song 50 rhymes your mommy your poppy and that bitch you chasing your little dirty ass kids i'll fucking erase them buster rhymes decided to join the conflict when he was featured on the track hail mary 2003 with eminem and 50 cent the feud intensified when ja rule released a disc called loose change in which he took shots at 50 cent and as well Eminem calling him Feminem and Dr. Dre as bisexual and claimed that Suge Knight knew, Dre, knew of Dre bringing transvestites home. It also included lyrics insulting Eminem's mother Debbie, his ex-wife Kim, and went on to reference his then eight-year-old daughter Haley. M, you claim your mother's crack, your mother's a crackhead and Kim is a known slut, so what's Haley going to be when she grows up? Damn. This enraged Eminem greatly. It would enrage me too. Causing him to immediately get his rap group D12 involved. As well as the major part of his label Shady Records including Obi Trice, his close friend. They responded together on the track titled Do Re Mi aka Haley's Revenge. Since, the rift, since then the rift has cooled. <clears throat> Uh, more recently, there's there's uh, you know the feud with Benzino, which stemmed out of you know the thing with uh, BET, and then also uh, Benzino gave 
the Marshall Mathers LP a mic rating of two out of five mics. Uh, he would also in a few with uh, Mariah Carey and Nick Cannon at one point. Uh, Moby, uh, Moby insulted um, Eminem about his lyrics, citing misogyny and homophobia. Uh, Eminem responded back with several disrespected lines about Moby in "Without Me." Uh, Moby kept quiet until 2012, where he when he praised Eminem for his courage in bashing the then U.S. President George Bush in the song "Mosh." And the feud has since died. So more recently, from his album Kamikaze, um, you know, lyrics criticize other musicians, primarily mumble rappers, and thank God because mumble rap is awful. Um, and several have responded publicly. You know, most notoriously, Eminem versus MGK. They've had a feud going on for years. Um, MGK made a tweet where he said that Haley was like beautiful or or dropped it gorgeous or something. Um, and then Kelly released a diss track in in response to M song not alike on the album Kamikaze titled Rap Devil. The song was produced by the same guy that produced not alike Ronnie J. Uh, Kelly continued the feud at a concert, calling it a battle between the past and the fucking future. Uh, the song's title refers to Eminem's rap god, and Eminem went into the studio days later to record his own response, as did former D12 associate Bizarre. Eminem responded with Killshot, and Bizarre had a song called Love Tap. Killshot was a huge success, garnered 38.1 million streams on YouTube in its first day and over 80 million views in its first week, making it the most successful debut for a hip-hop song and the third biggest debut in the platform's history. The track debuted at number 3 on the Billboard Hot 100, making it Eminem's 20th top 10 hit on the Billboard 100. Kelly has continued the feud publicly, Ja Rule responded on social media, reigniting a few that that two had 15 years prior. Six Nine, Iggy Azalea, Joe Budden, uh, D Ant Antward, Lupe Fiasco, and Lord Jamar have also responded publicly. With Six Nine releasing the skit "Legend" that raps over Eminem's "Lose Yourself." So these are the things that that Eminem has survived. And this, again, this is only a handful of things that Eminem has survived during his 22-year career. So, Gen Z, in closing, again, Me Too, wonderful. Let that continue. Some of the aspects of cancel culture that reveal scumbags, assholes, predators, and criminals, go ahead and continue. But going after people for something that they tweeted 10, 15, 20 years ago isn't doing anything but pissing people off. Going after Eminem for writing a song like Love the Way You Lie when he has much, much, much worse content out there. And obviously you guys aren't the first people that have tried to get Eminem stopped. Nobody has successfully gone after Eminem in the 22 years Eminem has had a career. In closing, I will say this. 
as I stated before, our country's past is nothing remotely close to perfection. It is nothing remotely close to even being right. But exactly what we have done since the start of this country is learn from our mistakes and learn from our history. But never before in the history of this country or any other has anything just been taken away and said this is no longer part of history. You can remove books, you can remove sections of books, you can remove being taught certain aspects of history. The issue is that the history still exists and there are people that know about it. So regardless of how many times you try getting someone or something canceled, it's still going to exist. The best thing that we can do is learn from our mistakes and make the future better for everybody else. In, in looking back at Back to the Future 2, if you go to the future from this reality, it's going to be the future of this reality instead of it being a better reality. If we had a time machine, we can go back in time and fix all the problems that we've had, like stealing a sports almanac and becoming the richest man on Earth. Or we can follow the advice from Doc Brown at the end of Back to the Future 3. The future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. So make it a good one. Everyone. And with that, I close this episode of Money's Crazy Mind in hope that some people that maybe see the world in a little bit of a different way than I do can take my rage and frustration and turn it into something good. Until next time, have a good moment.